0: It's true. We are live here at Coffee with Humans with my new friend, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Welcome to Coffee with Humans. Thanks for having me, Jason, and
1: brand new friend as well. I am, you know, mid-30s now, so making new friends is is not something that I do every day, and despite having moved to a new city recently. So really happy to to be a part of Coffee with Humans and to I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm actually gonna send you one of those those necklaces, like the half the half best friend necklaces. After oh, this, would you? And, oh. Yeah, and so we'll we'll be friends for life after that.
0: Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I, I I have, will accept I have it. an anklet of it right now. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you you engraved it in the time it took you to sign up for this to, to get on the show. You had had one engraved, laser engraved. I have a whole tool set actually in the
1: in my top drawer. I have mul- <laughs> I have about twenty of these necklaces and. You know, whenever I can consider someone
0: a new best friend, I'll just, I'll ship it out. I got you. (laughs) That's an interesting twist on uh, meeting people. I don't, not sure how I feel (laughs) about that. I I would, I would probably laugh. I can think of some people though, I think that was really creepy that you would, because I, so I have, I have these little note cards that I decided I'd send to people like business associates and stuff when I, when I, uh, when the thought crossed my mind (laughs) because I'm, I'm bad at those sorts of things. And I thought, you know, it's, it's a nice little twist. But you know, adding adding a little necklace in there, <laughs> me and you, I that forever yours. <laughs> is that something uh, your, they, your, they they, they taught you? Mug
1: will always be available, <laughs> or something.
0: When so when you were getting your doctorate in something, I don't know you yet, so I don't know even know what that something is. Uh, is that was that was a probably a class they gave at one point in time? How to how to yeah. really push people's boundaries it was it well,
1: well one of those classes was metalworks, right because to be able to do you know to make the engravings i would need to know how to how to actually do that and not hurt myself injure myself so one one of them was metalworks, another one is how to inconspicuously like have a, a bag of gifts with you at all times to give to new friends that you meet you know another one is just approaching strangers so a variety of classes that
0: of course very very applicable to my professional success that's uh that it's, I, I can totally see a class like that. I would love to teach a class, Approaching Strangers 101. I it, think of all the ways you could, <laughs> you could teach that. And you are it's almost like a magician. Yeah. You're instead of taking stuff or like a pickpocket, right? Like, instead of taking stuff out of people's like stuff, you know, whatever pockets and whatnot, you're putting things in. You're like, Hey, thinking of you. boop, And then they get home and they're like, what, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Oh, boy.
1: Uh, strangely enough, and I'm sure we'll get to this at some point, I used to actually get paid to teach people how to approach strangers. So we will... That actually is a profession you could do.
0: <laughs> we could talk about that another time. That sounds like a mic drop sort of moment. <laughs> okay, so let's let's get the uh, elephant out of the room here. Uh, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. I So I've got a story for you. I, I was told, and I don't know, maybe you can confirm this. Um. I was told by a friend who had a friend who used to call himself Dr. So-and-so when he was not in fact a doctor and it's not illegal to do that. As long as you don't practice any sort of like medicine or something like that, you can call yourself doctor at any time. I could be Dr. Todd. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even finish college.
1: Yeah. I, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you can, you It's like so. How? What extent do you want to take that to? Like, for example, like one of the things that I assist clients on is redoing their resumes. And like, you have a job title, and that job title might actually not exemplify anything you've actually done at that job. You can adjust that job title. Like, you can add other words to it. You can change it, and that that's okay. There's no rules that you can't do that. Just like, just like you. There's no rules that you can you can't call yourself a doctor now again, if you're if you're misrepresenting yourself, then you can get into some issues if you're selling things and misrepresenting yourself. Uh, but I when I was a kid, I remember I used to sit in the the grandstands because my mom worked for university and they would I would go to graduation because she helped organize graduation and put on graduation for the uh, for the university. And I'd see these people get honorary doctorates and I'd be like, what, you didn't do anything for this school and you're getting a, a doctoral degree. So I made a I made like a little promised to myself one day I'm going to go get a, an honorary doctorate just because I can say that I can't and this is not an honorary doctorate. This is, I actually went to school for this and paid a lot of money for it and studied a lot and, <laughs> and ended up getting published but I, I do think that it, it, it kind of blew my mind as a kid like all these people are walking around with degrees that they didn't actually earn by studying the field it's
0: so if you get so if you were if so let's say you're Dr. Ben Ritter uh, if you get a, another doctor, do you get to be double doctor or are you going to go with Dr. Dr. Van Ritter? I'm, I'm doing double. I'm doing Dr. Squared. Like I, I'm, I'm going to live it up. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm probably going to
1: spell, maybe I'll spell out doctor and then put doctor like a abbreviated. I don't know. You know what? These are big questions, Jason. I haven't prepped for these. I don't know the answers to them. This is like
0: life. I don't mean to catch you off guard, but I, I have. I read your personality from a distance, and I thought he can handle this type of. This is like level two conversation. We're getting we're getting deep here. We're talking about your fight. Yeah. We're talking about your future, something that's not even even occurred, and we're naming it right in this moment. You are now double I, I, doctor Ben Ritter.
1: I feel like. It wouldn't be a medical doctor. Like I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't be a clinician or anything, but I would wear
0: a white coat. Like if I had two doctorates, (laughs) I would walk around with a white coat on. Yeah, You have to at that point in time. And it takes people so off guard or, or like folks who go to like the grocery store and scrubs, I always wonder, are you lazy or are you a doctor? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Scrubs are comfortable. Yeah, you know, I probably should buy myself
1: a pair. I <laughs> you should. I think, I'm going to go on Amazon right now. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I'm. I, I'll. I'll uh, I'm going to go in scrubs, white coat, and I'm going to like rush through the grocery store, like just in a frantic mess, and see see if it like throws <laughs> throws people <laughs> you gotta, off. Some like of
1: the plastic. You got to get some of those plastic booties too. <laughs> like
0: a hairnet. <laughs> What's he late for? What's happening? Oh, nothing. I'm just <laughs> in a hurry. You're like the anesthesia ran out 30 minutes ago. I need to get back. Exactly. He might be coming too. Can I? Can I cut in front of you? Oh, man. Pe- people would. People are so gullible. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." Jeez, sorry. What's happening? I can't tell you. It's a matter of medical. Hippo. I, HIPAA. <laughs> I yeah. just. T- I just know I need to check out right now. Push me you forward. You just
1: gave me a really good idea. So, I feel like. <laughs> As a doctor, not a medical doctor, so I have a, a doctorate of education, and organizational leadership, so apply, applied learning theory, how people develop how they professionally grow, etc. How they grow within organizations, how they grow outside organizations. But I just thought about this, like if <laughs> if I ever don't want to answer something when someone comes up to me and they're like, Ben, did you did you go on a on a date with Suzanne last night? And I go HIPAA. <laughs> yeah, HIPAA. Right.
0: Exactly. Doctor. Doctor. Yes. HIPAA. Yep. Um, <laughs> I I'd, I'd tell you if I could
1: patient privileges. I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm, I
0: worked in healthcare for seven years. So I feel like I'm allowed to make these jokes. <laughs> I think you are too. I think ev- I think everybody's allowed to make these jokes. So you're on you're on coffee with humans. I'm curious what inspired you to click the button to have coffee with me? You said you were sending her a care package of, of coffee and biscuits and stuff. and I'm still waiting. Did I? I've,
1: I, I've never actually had a cup of coffee. So I, I do feel like this is this is pretty important for
0: me. Well, so since you asked, do you see this fancy coffee mug? I do. It, it is very fancy. It must have cost uh it must cost
1: a down payment on a house. Yeah. Do you do you want a coffee mug? I mean, if if you're
0: offering a coffee mug, I would gladly drink out of that coffee mug. Totally. I might email, even have my first cup of coffee. Email me your address. And you can have tea. It also accepts water. I did I give away some, or it's just water right now because it's like it's like 1240. I just finished a decaf coffee. I can't have any more coffee for today or I'll be calling you 12 hours from now asking you, Hey, what, what about my career? So Where, if, where's my best friend's necklace? <laughs> exactly. Isn't it here? I, same day delivery. What's happening. So, uh, email me your address and I'll send you a coffee mug. Done. All right. So what, what inspired you to, uh, to have coffee with me? Cause I know it wasn't biscuits. Although I do make some mean biscuits and I do make some mean coffee and you are gonna get a mug. I mean, that that sounds like a pretty on-point on point gift right there.
1: Well, in general, I just like having conversations and having coffee with humans is something that I probably do way too much of my time, <laughs> <And> not, <laughs> not coffee, but random conversations with strangers is probably something that I, I spend majority of my time in my do life. You really? And so to be able to talk with someone new, to get to know them, to connect, to engage, to laugh, Is pretty special and unique. I mean, you you think this is all this is so common, but I think like a conversation with a stranger. Like if I would go sit at a bar and I would talk to the bartender, talk to people next to me, and one of the things that has changed so drastically, you know, throughout the the shutdown around the world, is that that type of spontaneous uh, spontaneity in terms of human interaction and engagement isn't happening. People are more closed off from it, and so this type of this type of conversation is something that I love and something that I. That drives me and something that fills my cup up because um, you can also be you can also have a certain sense of uh, like a, a personality with someone you don't know that is is a, l- a little less common to have with someone that you do know you know you have a lot of people when you have really good friends like the conversations are transactional how was your day how was work uh, what's going on with Suzanne you know how was the date uh, what do you eat for dinner what are you eating later with a stranger it's more so like literally the sky's the limits because you don't have those same com- constraints and and boundaries that you'd have in those conversations that you have with your friends and loved ones, etc., family.
0: Yeah. So is Suzanne with a Z or an S? <laughs> I just, i made Suzanne up. I actually, darn it. My, my partner will probably be pretty frustrated
1: that I keep commenting that I wanted a date with someone, but she's, she's fine.
0: <laughs> well, if the door suddenly opens and we hear, ben! yeah. And she goes, you told them my secret identity. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, so the background. I'm curious. Background behind you. Are those things meaningful to you in some way, or did they just did They just look cool when you're on video calls because they do look cool.
1: So we thank you. So this this is from one of my kind of must do before I kick it book, uh, items. I went to really? Venice for Carnival last year, which was a oh. lot of fun. Okay. Oh well, the year before that because everything was shut down last year. Uh, this is my. This is my honorary doctorate that I actually got, but not honorary that I earned. Uh, this is the name of my company. And that's a men with cats book, which is meaningful because I have a cat. People make fun of me for having a cat. <laughs> and then I have some other pictures and some other really important books that I truly love, like The Alchemist and oh. uh, Sell with a Story and, and uh, Marcus Aurelius Meditations. So there's... And some book, a book or two that I wrote. So yeah, everything kind of means something to me. Oh, awesome. So um, uh, I got some fake succulents. Oh, really? <laughs> These are very meaningful to me. I water them every day with love.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How's that going for you? <laughs>
1: uh, they haven't died so much
0: better than the real ones that I used yeah. to have there. <laughs> yeah, if you're watering a succulent every day, uh, you'd have a major problem on your hands in about <laughs> two days. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you, you have some books on stoicism. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that a is that a thing? I
1: went through a philosophy phase where I said, I don't know nothing about, about philosophy, and I don't feel like my brain's working hard enough. So I bought a bunch of books on philosophy. One of the ones that I haven't finished yet, but which is probably my favorite, is Sophie's World. I'm still sitting on my little nightstand. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it.
0: I've heard of it. I don't know anything about it.
1: It's basically uh they, it's basically a little girl learning philosophy through letters and in, in, in a, in a fantasy slash real world. And okay. so they've made the, and they going through the history of philosophy, which is really interesting. Okay. Is it worth reading? You think? Yeah, I would recommend. I mean, if you have, if you've, if you're pretty well read in philosophy, then I'd say no. If you are not like myself, then I'd say yes, because it makes it interesting.
0: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I was talking with um, a guy not all that long ago about stoicism, and uh, what was his? Cre- Creative on Purpose, I think, was the, uh, his Facebook group. Um, super interesting stuff, which it seems to resonate with, I mean, what you've got in your, your company name there, Live for Yourself, which is also, interestingly, the title of this, Owning Your Own Career Success, which talked, you you actually, uh, when you signed up, talked about how how important it is to live for yourself first. And I'm curious where, where that comes from and how do you express that idea?
1: Mm -hmm. So right now I work with individuals that feel stuck in their career Mm -hmm. and they're usually high achievers. They've achieved some level of career success, like some level of professional success, but they don't feel successful. So they're, they're their greatest enemy. They're their largest critic, Um, but they also don't have a lot of clarity in terms of what they want to do next. And they don't feel like their work is fulfilling them. They feel like they could do more. Now that can be expanded into I want to start a business. I want to pivot industries. I want to grow in my career. I want to fix with where I'm at. But the same theories and concepts and frameworks to fix everything tend to apply to anyone in any of those situations. And this all started, though, because I had a goal. I wanted to be a professional soccer player and this way back when, like in my youth and. I set that goal as my purpose and I defined myself by it, who I was friends with, who I'd, uh, what I would do with my time. Who I'd practice soccer three times a day, what I would watch on TV, the books I would read. I would go into Barnes and Noble, sit down in the sports section and open up any book they would have on soccer. And that really, you know, think about it. 10 years of that, 15 years of that can really change your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If that's all you do and that's all you focus on. And so when I lost that, I didn't really know who I was and I realized I had to redefine who I was and and to kind of rebuild the skills that I wanted, the lifestyle I wanted, the relationships that I wanted to figure out what I actually wanted to do next in terms of clarity and where I wanted to invest my time. And in, in that stage of my life, I thought, well, I mistakenly invested all my time in an external achievement or a goal. What if I instead invest that time in myself? And so I started pushing myself into uncomfortable situations, really just strove for discomfort, read everything and anything I could find on personal professional development, and really evolved into, uh, I think, myself. I I created an identity. Uh, And I was really happy with who I was. And I was proactive in my own development. But fast forward another seven or so years or five years or so, I realized that I was still being reactive in my career, in my professional life. And that really... Kind of smacked me across the face because I was in a job that I was res- like I resented the organization I resented my leadership I wasn't raising my hand to do work that I cared about I was pulling back from relationships because I thought my organization was supposed to give me meaning and be be this fulfilling job and really I forgot that that's within my own power and so that's when I kind of redefined how I wanted to you know how I wanted to go and journey in my in my professional career And that really led me to this whole concept of what is living for yourself? It's not just any one area, it's all areas. And so how are you aligning every aspect of your life to be best fit for you to be, you know, to really be fulfilling your own internal value systems? And so all your decisions should take into account. What are my values? You know, all your actions take into account. What are my intentions here? How do they relate to my values? All your goals are only there for you to actually apply your values in your life, not to achieve those goals. So those goals can change. Those goals can fail. Those goals can succeed. But the true pleasure from those goals comes from the fact that you're just living true to who you are on a daily basis and surrounded by people and the things that you care about. And so that's kind of how live for yourself came to be.
0: Wow. That's a, uh, I think a, it feels like a long path. How, how long did it take you to kind of navigate through those rough waters?
1: Well, I mean, from when I, when I realized something was wrong, I was, I mean, that was probably 15 years ago. So I think there was about four or five years of self-study. And then it was five years of, uh, five, six years of working for someone else. Well, one year working for someone else and then doing a different business, and then pivoting again. So it's been about five years from then when I pivoted. Wow. so this business is about five years old, but I had a the the professional journey where I was crafting a new business and discovering myself
0: and trying things out professionally. that was another five years, yeah, yeah. this kind of self-discovery stuff takes time it to to kind of get to the nut the you know the the core of what you know what we're experiencing. And why we're experiencing it and then what, you know, and then what we should be, what we believe we should be doing about it.
1: Yeah, uh, it can take a lot of time if you don't have the right guide or the coach or information or the belief systems with, with the right belief systems and with the right coach or the tools or in the intention, it can be pretty quick. I, you know, I, I say, if I start working for someone, you can, you can know what you want and where you want to go and how you're going to get there in three months, you for sure can get there within six months. And if you keep going, you can really create some, some transformations. Uh, I mean, you commit, commit even further into that year. So it's just, I think people tend to draw things out because they're afraid of making decisions and afraid of making the wrong decision and also don't invest the time in actually discovering the information that they need and seeking the help that they need, as well as being held back by their current environment and their relationships. Uh, once we can say, like, I'm just going to go live life and go experience the the things that I want to experience, right or wrong, at least for right now, I need to go learn what they are. We can make some pretty quick transformations. You know, mine took longer because I I, I had many different stages along the way, and I had to learn a lot of these things along the mm-hmm. way.
0: Did you find that you that you were stuck in the uh, indecision moment because you were you were afraid of the outcomes and unable to make decisions? Uh, it's,
1: it's a tough question because I've always been pretty action oriented mm-hmm. in the beginning I was making the wrong decision because I what didn't want to believe it was the wrong decision after that I did not make certain decisions because yes I didn't feel like I was credible enough to make the decisions so I made other decisions and then honestly what really happened is for two and a half years between 2000 and 10, 2012, I think I was just beaten down uh, during the recession with all, I, I had like four or five different job opportunities that I, I thought would be perfect, were all stripped away after I'd signed on a dotted line. Like literally, here's a job, congratulations, dream job, signed the contract. The next day, it, they call me and say, we canceled the position. It happened like almost about five times, four or five times. And I think I just kind of lost touch again with who I was. And this can happen. You go through a disappointment, So you just keep living your life and you can still be trying, but maybe not as hard. And then you just kind of go off the beaten path and all of a sudden you look up and you're like, where did I just go? And, and then, so it's, it's not even the fear of making the wrong decision there, it's just forgetting the decisions that you want to make. And so then it's about getting back to basics and saying like, what do I truly care about? Where do I want to be aligned with it? Like, where am I misaligned in my life? Where do I feel stress? And am I intentionally waking up and doing that every single day? So for me personally, I haven't had to deal with a lot of fear. Uh, but honestly, with my clients, that's usually the number one thing: it's fear of disappointment from others, fear of of going against the grain, fear of judgment, and uh, potentially fear of failure, and also sometimes fear of success because it doesn't because things will change if they're successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day: the idea that people are not necessarily afraid to make decisions; they're afraid of the outcomes. It's it's I, I can open the door, I can have the discussion, I can make the decision, but I'm afraid of what comes next right after that. And that's the, it's that, um, it's that variable, um, which we tend to awfulize. We tend to make it much, you know, a bigger deal about these things than sometimes they are. Or like a conversation I had the other day with, a with, um, somebody who's just, you know, trying to figure out what to do for a job. Uh, I said, you know, most of these, most life decisions you can just take back and do a different decision. A lot, a lot of these things are not, you know, set in stone. They are not, you know, as, as earth shatterings you think they are and um you know if, if you turn west and you decide nope fine turn east um and 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 how how do what or what have you seen maybe through your own personal experience or maybe the folks that you work with what have you seen in that regard of why they get why people get stuck and then um you know how how do they how do they move through it
1: I do want to take a second and just sit in what you just said, this idea that we're really bad at predicting what will happen based on a decision. Like, there's even research on this. Like what we think will happen probably won't happen. Yeah. The worst that we think will happen is probably has a, a one in a million or less chance of happening. The best that we think can happen, probably more than likely could, could happen. And a lot of and, and things that that we haven't even thought of happening. Are more likely to happen, and then on top of that, it's like how many times have you reflected back on your on your past and said, "Oh yeah, that was like six years of my life." Oh, didn't don't don't remember that being six years of my life, <laughs> and then it you, you being in a holy that's a wholly different place. Yeah, like when I fl- I re- I reflect back, and I was like, okay, yeah, um, you know that seems like it would have been a long time in the beginning. <laughs> that doesn't feel like a long time now. And you can change careers. You can get a new job and say, Hey, this job isn't right for me. You can, like you, you, whatever you decide to do, you can do. It's just, it's that it, it is really that simple. And one of the things in, in the professional world, people tend to have a lot of limiting beliefs in relationship to what they can do and can't do. And so like changing a career, or starting a job and, hey, this job doesn't work for me. It's okay to say that job doesn't work for you. You can go get a new job. That, that's something you're allowed to do. That's within your power, within your grasp. And, oh, the fact that you can walk into an employer and say, you know, I see this is a full-time job, but I just want to shadow someone for a week just to get a taste of it. Or, hey, this, my friend has a job and I just, hey, can you tell me about that job? Like, you can literally do anything. One of my first full-time jobs, I walked in, they were trying to hire someone as a volunteer and during the interview i went in for the volunteer position i said you guys should hire me and they said good idea <laughs> so um okay so back back to your initial question <laughs> um now i need you to restate it for you Well me, no me this me is restate. a good
0: this is a good path i was talking to my brother okay. or my one of my uh one of my sons <clears throat> not my brother i was talking to one of my sons it was a couple of years back uh and i said you you need you need to get a job and he's like nobody else, i don't have any qualifications blah 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 super smart kid, uh, now has a finance and economics degree or something like that. And, uh, he, and I said, you, you could go to any place that you want to work at and say, listen, I think it would be really fascinating to learn what you guys do here. I might be interested in doing this for a job. I'd like to be productive for you in the meantime. Could, could I, Shadow you? Could I show up? Could I? Do you have internships? You just got to go ask because a lot of the things that people get in life are the things that they ask for, and Mm -hmm. and almost and one of the surest ways to make sure that things don't happen is to don't ask for them to happen. And 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 he was like, "Are you seriously? I could just do that?" I'm like, "Absolutely, hundred percent." And you know how many high performing people in their jobs would be like, "Oh my gosh, this young go getter wants to go do something with their life." Come on in, and yep. and sure enough, he got himself a paid internship, and he was astounded. he was just floored that 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 would happen. and it goes to your point of like there's all these rules that we believe that the the we we believe that the uh, organizations or the universe operates by, and a lot of those rules are made up and they are totally bendable uh and then there and 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 uh also this idea that you don't know what the other person is willing to do. so yeah just ask and you might, you might be amazed or say, here's what I need. How could this happen? And ask the other person to solve your problem. Mm-hmm. And they might, they might step up to to the plate and, and uh, help you with it.
1: I wish this conversation could just automatically be inserted into everyone's brain, like figuring the matrix. That's literally my mission, just to empower people in their jobs. I can't tell you how many clients I'll work with and they will want to either talk to their manager, like i this is up, they want to talk to their manager. They want to talk to HR. They want to talk to a manager in another department to learn about that department. They they uh, they they're interested in their professional growth path, like and so so like these things. Okay, talk to your manager. That sounds like a normal thing to do. Talk to HR. It sounds like a normal thing to do. All the and they're just afraid. Like I can't do that. That's not at our scheduled <laughs> meeting time. Right. That's <laughs> wouldn't 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 this person be offended if I ask them to have a meeting with me? Where are we working? What type of work environments have created so much fear within us that we feel, we, we feel like we can't even just talk to someone about how we really feel and where we want to go in our career, in our life, or what we need for it? And this is a leadership problem, it's an organization problem, and it's also a personal problem, right? All, all problems when you get down to it are a personal problem. And it's I just, if we could just to make everyone just a little bit more focused on living for themselves within their, at least initially within their career, we could, we'll, we'd create, we'd increase productivity. We'd, you know, we, we would, inc- we would inc- improve work environments. We would create more friends at work. So we're more excited about work. There's a ton of benefits that can occur from this.
0: So this live for yourself stuff, uh, it's, it sounds interesting, it sounds valuable, sounds meaningful. Um, what sort of pushback do you get from people, uh, in just this idea that, well, you gotta, I gotta focus on myself first.
1: I think the same reason why we have issues with people saying, you know, can I go schedule a meeting with my manager on an off time and to talk about my own professional success or to say, Hey, I did a really good job at this project. Let's talk about why I did good at it because you don't know what I did good because you're my senior leader and you actually weren't doing the project with me. So how are you going to select me for a promotion? Like and and like the the issue there is that people feel that if they speak up, they're they're not being good people. They are being selfish. They uh they, that they're not allowed to do those types of things. They have to operate within these boundaries and constraints of a society that they've envisioned within their own lives, these rules. So the biggest pushback is living for yourself is selfish. And I've always fallen on this sword. I've always done what other people need me to do. I've always put myself second. I've always operated by the rules. Because you know what? If you're good, things are just going to happen for you. Right? you're just, it's just going to work out. And so that that's really the greatest pushback that I get. And it's, you know, honestly, in when we're talking about career, it's the people that are slaving away, working 60 to eight hour, 80 hours a week with the family and have golden handcuffs because maybe they're successful. So they've, they've spent some money and they don't, they're not to, to saying no to people who are thinking about that long term vision. And they, they've they always worked hard to, and they feel that working hard is the reason why they've succeeded instead of their value and their intelligence and their relationships and all of those things. And so when you go to them and say, you know, you can say no to this project, you can set boundaries here. And they say, no, I can't do that. And then they're angry at their coworkers because their coworkers feel empowered to do that. And this person's like, you know, this person's just being lazy and I'm doing more work because of them and say, so, know that that person is actually just creating boundaries within their work, their work. And he's like, I'm like, what are you angry about? This is an example. He's like, oh, he said he couldn't make this meeting because he had to take his kid to softball. I was like, sounds like a pretty good reason not to make a meeting. Like, you know, for someone that values family and and, and is focused on their personal life. And is that meeting life or death? Could it have been missed? Yes, because that person didn't go to it. So I, a lot of this internal pushback on live for yourself comes from people that don't really feel that it's possible to have more autonomy and control over their life
0: and their schedule and their work. Because they value, they, they attach some sort of value. It produces something in them, some, something in their identity that like you talked about, if, if I were to step out, I would be seen as selfish and I don't want to yep. be selfish because I'm not a selfish person.
1: Or I'm not safe at work and I'll, and people will think poorly of me if I don't work hard all the time because the only reason why I'm here is because I've worked hard and yeah. I've always said yes. And yeah, it's because of the, the misconstrued consequences that come from living a life more in alignment with, with who you really want to be, even though you don't think it's possible.
0: I found it interesting um, that that a lot of these behaviors are really deep-seated. So. Uh, the, a lot of it goes back to identity. A lot of it goes back to childhood. A lot of it goes back to, you know, how I was raised, my, uh, the, the, the constraints, the boundaries, the, the requirements, whatever it was that made me, uh, uh, or encouraged me to craft, uh, a version of the world that I could then exist in and be good. The, um, The barriers then, as we as we begin to move through these things, as they are expressed in, let's say, I don't want to, you know, I can't talk to my boss about such and such, and I can't ask for that promotion, or I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, whatever that I can't is, it goes back to something that's existing in a person from that uh, uh, from that paradigm that was set up years and years and years ago, yeah, and and it seems a valuable process to go back into that space. And uncover what what is the what is the identity that you have about yourself uh, that that you must express it in this way, and what if that identity were to change? What then? And all of a sudden, I think it opens up a person's mind into um, into discovering potentially a new reality
1: mm-hmm.
0: because we become so fixed, and for particularly people who've been in careers for a long time. It's been a long, you know, you've, you've done the same thing for a long, awful long time. You've become a person and it's very rare that a person without some sort of traumatic or, uh, event shifts entirely. Um, it takes effort, takes work, takes self-discovery and most people don't do it and just complain. Uh, you know, they complain about it after the fact and go, ah, coulda, shoulda, woulda instead of, you know, really grabbing it by, you know, by the heels, um, I, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting space to exist in, to help people with their careers, because it is so fundamental to our existence, the the work that we do. Uh, and the work that we do is crafted out of or shaped out of who we think we are.
1: Yeah, I I like how, you know, just from what I felt from what you said, like the significance of understanding what your programs are, and that our programs are not our fault. They're just because of our experiences and you know sometimes even the life that is possible we don't like even think is possible you know it's like we just it's not within our spectrum of beliefs it just that's why it's also so important sometimes to just make yourself uncomfortable just to see what happens because of it to see if you like it to engage and have conversations with other humans that maybe you wouldn't normally have a conversation with because it broadens your horizons and gives you more information uh, if you ever find yourself hearing something and going, ah oh, no, never like pause for a second because that's just your it could be a, a value of yours, but it's still just a program and a belief system that is coming up and trying to keep you safe because this isn't you and if, right. and if something isn't you and then it's dangerous for your survival and your soul, your ability to socially connect and for your for your community. You know, one way to get out of that, because you could explore it. You could go explore your defining moments and milestones in your life. You can explore your happiest memories and sad memories. And I think that's all important. But one of the ways to kind of step out of that is to go, okay, when, well, if, if I look at my, my current work right now, like, what do I love to do? What do I want to do? Who do I want to work with? What challenges do I want to face? What passions do I have? What, what lights me up? What am I really good at? You know, and like actually take a look at those types of things on a granular level, like not just, oh, I really liked this project. It's like, okay, so what parts of this project really jazzed you up? Oh, who on this project did you really like working with? What stage of this project really got you excited and motivated? What were some things you didn't like about this? And really taking a hard audit of, of your current work experiences to see where the gaps are, to see what, where what, where you need to go explore more or if you have all the answers to then maybe adjust where you're at or where you're going. And that, you know, can be helped if you understand your programs first, but it's also something that we all can do right now. I think sometimes introspection and reflection can be really tough for some people. Um, At least, I don't know, especially with my work with certain men, like some men are just not very connected to their emotions. And uh, sometimes looking at the hard stuff, like the hard skill stuff, like the, this is my work stuff is a little bit easier.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I remember um, somebody reached out to me and asked me to review their resume and they had the top <laughs> top part of the resume of something like uh, the obligatory, like, I'd like to get a job. What's, a, what's my goal? <laughs> something like goal, right? I'd like to get a job, blah, blah, blah. It's like, of course you do. That's why you're sending a resume. No need <laughs> to state it. And uh, <laughs> and I, I encouraged her at the time to um, to think about what makes her amazing. And I said, why don't you rewrite this paragraph in light of you being amazing? And begin it with, here's what makes me amazing. And I said, just take the exercise for a moment. And her immediate question, her immediate, her immediate response was, There's nothing that makes me amazing. And I was like, And that's the issue. So let's let's refresh our memories though on what it is that you do and how you do it. And 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 it was not it was an interest, it was kind of an introspective look on. Um, her relationships and how she builds, how she's worked in the past and types of jobs she's had and types of things she wants to do. And what, what was the common thread that held all that stuff together? And I was like, well, that's, that's the thing. That's how you express. That's who you are. How you express that can be tweaked a little bit from job to job, but that's the thread that is required to be there for you to be successful. And Mm -hmm. if you start thinking about that as your superpower and that was what makes you amazing, you will walk in a boldness which will set you apart, and that is many times the difference between people who are just like Meh, average, uh, run-of-the-mill, reasonably happy but somewhat unhappy. You know, didn't feel like they did much. You know, kind of malaise about them. And people who are like, man, I just grabbed the hold of this thing and I and I went for it. Why? Because I'm I'm a superhero. That's a, I'm, that's my superpower. Yeah. I'm actually amazing at this. And that and and when people stumble on that, they become markedly better it seems at those things as well. If you grab it and recognize your strengths and hold on to them and in a selfish way, say, I'm really good at this. um, It does, you tend, those people tend to flourish in those moments uh, rather than um, sort of dilute, dilute their energies, dilute their values and stay stuck and in some sort of career malaise. Do you see that too?
1: Yeah, when I first started coaching the Live For Yourself, uh, under the Live For Yourself framework, I developed the live system, and it was a decision-making system, basically, and how to say, okay, this is my goal, this is how I'm working towards my goal, this is how it relates to my values, and then these are the expectations that I have for myself because of all this and for the people around me. I was noticing that it was easier for some people to use that tool than others. And I was like, why? What's going on? And I identified that the people that it was easier to use those tools for had a core concept of self-leadership kind of already ingrained within them. Okay. And so, if you look these 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 traits and these traits were clarity, confidence, and control. Uh, the the three C's of self-leadership. They had clarity, they had confidence, and they had control. And what you're speaking to is very much all that. it's it's the clarity is who I am. Like who am I actually? This is your everyone, I think should be able to have an elevator pitch of you know I'm Dr. Benjamin Ritter. I am an expert in organizational leadership, coaching, entrepreneurship, and healthcare. like you should have that little pitch of, this is, my, this is my expertise, this is my passion, and this is what I'm looking for in the near future and the challenges that I want to create for myself. But that level of clarity helps you then develop the goals that you want to actually strive for and processes towards those goals. You can break those down. But that in itself, that clarity builds confidence. It's already like leaking into the not leaking into building the next pillar. And then you say, oh, what else do I need to learn to work towards these goals other than just also reframing any sort of negative beliefs you have towards those goals. But then, now that you have this confidence, then you can actually go take action. And you can actually go have control over your life. You're more likely to stay on task despite emotions. You're able to like create, create an environment around yourself. So everything you're saying about do you believe in yourself and do you have clarity over what your superpowers are and where you want to go in your life is the foundation for all action that follows, yeah. all good feelings that we feel.
0: So and it's okay I, for those things to change through time too. Yeah. The things that we were stellar at, and uh, thought, "Man, this is gonna be this is gonna be my thing," you know, when we first started in business or in our careers, the it seems those things shift over time, and and we need to be aware of those shifts and and recognize it's okay for those things to change. And now I just make course corrections, and and yet at at the core of who we are, we there's something likely that has been developing um, over time, a, a consistent theme, a consistent thread that we have subconsciously created in many ways, uh, and is created out of us perhaps in our, you know, in our sphere of influence. And we become better, I think at honing that honing, what that is over time.
1: Mm-hmm. And like you said, it takes time. I, I mentor a lot, pro bono and volunteer and all this stuff. And so I work with some high school kids or some new college grads. And like, the question I get all the time is, what should I do like I don't know what I need I should be doing like I don't know like I should I'm supposed to know exactly what I'm what I want to do with my life <laughs> go what you want to do right now is just gonna change and I actually just out of you know I give them my my little backstory like professional soccer player uh, entrepreneur uh, public health policy and sh- and sugar you know ag- against like sugar subsidies and other types of things to being in healthcare to dating coach, to leadership coach, I launched a supplement and I was like, okay, so let's talk about that. Each one of those could be like the one path. And I promise you that your path is going to evolve and change as you learn about yourself and learn about what your interests are and passions are and how the world changes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an important topic for sure. We're closing in on the our our time here on Coffee with Humans. Uh, what's the big what's the big uh thing for you for this coming year now that we're opening up and uh, it, it seems this pause in the world has, the, the comma, and then, <laughs> we're, we're getting to the and then. What's the and then for you for 2021? Well,
1: the comma actually w- was not there. I, I kind of took a lot of action during this. So I moved to Austin from Chicago in the middle of everything. Wow. I pivoted uh, everything virtual. So I used to do three to four events a month in person and i pivoted them virtual and for example at the end of this month i have a four-day camp virtual camp with improv uh, artists uh, sound baths professional workshops personal workshops all for free so if uh, really the the comma and is just is just kind of being like just it's been continuing but I think there's if there's one thing that I'd like to do more of this year, is that right, I, I mm. had a spark of motivation for my new book, and I keep trying to reignite it. So I hope that I can get it done this year, because it's, it's something you really need to be excited about. So that's kind of the next,
0: next page. That's awesome. How do people get in contact with you?
1: Well, you could be on Jason's show, and then Jason can introduce you. <laughs> to to me just because he thinks we'll get along but if that sounds like a long process then connect with me on linkedin dr benjamin ritter send me a little message that you heard from me here that'd be wonderful and uh, if you're interested in coaching services and more about what i do or the media content like you just want to listen to my voice all the time go to LiveForYourselfConsulting.com. and i promise you you'll be able to listen to my voice for years
0: <laughs> okay i'll put this up on the uh I'll put this up on the screen here. Liveforyourselfconsulting.com dot There it is. Boom. Done. Boom. LiveForYourselfConsulting. dot com.
1: You sp- you spelled consulting wrong. No, I Just didn't. Kidding. <laughs>
0: Just
1: oh, kidding. Oh snap!
0: That was rude. <laughs> <laughs> I well, when I quickly typed it there, I had to. T- I had a period in a comma, and I had to like quickly correct it. And that's what that's. What I was like, and here it is. <laughs> Just kidding. No, that's cool. I love that. I've been known to bring it back. I was,
1: I was having fun. I was oh, reading. Sorry, it. I wasn't done
0: reading it yet. Okay, read it and reread it. Re-read I'm it. A slow Live reader for no, I'm yourself reader. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> that's cool, man. Great topic for sure, and I think meaningful to meaningful meaningful to a lot of people, especially in this time where a lot of people have experienced the pause that comma and the and there and then is completely yeah. open, and they're lost and wandering. Uh, and, and I think it's a, it's a real opportunity. It's a a tremendous opportunity, I think, in this moment to really dig in and say, okay, what, what could, what could the end of that sentence be, uh, for this, for this, for this next, let's say decade, you know, Mm -hmm. cool, man. Well, thanks so much for being a coffee with humans. Any other thoughts, final thoughts you want to leave our uh, listeners with? Just to build off
1: what you just said. there are a few times in our life where we get uncomfortable and find growth. And we move, we finish school, we end a relationship, we get a new relationship, we get a puppy, we get a <laughs> new pet or something. We, I don't know. But it's, I'm talking about my own life. But I
0: was like, oh, a puppy. You uh, got when, a puppy.
1: <laughs> when we, when we I did actually, yeah, I yeah, went a rescue pup. But but when we have an opportunity to make a change in our career, either forced, we get let go of a job, or we just decide that what we're doing isn't right for us, it is one of the few givens in our life that we will grow and learn something new and be challenged and put into a, a world of discomfort that will become eventually comfortable. That's kind of cool. Like, that's a pretty big gift. And if you're, if you're at that place right now, you know, try to remember throughout the search process, because the search process can be arduous, if you want some help, hit me up, but it can be arduous, because uh, it's it's tough, it is tough. Uh, and it can get be de- defeating at times. Uh, But remember that this process is really towards an ultimate, really powerful, fun, joyous gift that is just uh, higher away.
0: Awesome. Cool. Well, folks, this is Coffee with Humans. It is a candid conversation between strangers who become friends. I met Dr. Ben Ritter moments before we went live. We purposely discussed discussed nothing of a consequence. Uh, And so I found out about the little heart pendant that he's getting me just the same time that you did and he found about the mug he's getting just the same time you did. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, Ben. Take care. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. CoffeewithHumans.com.